As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. is about are you ready are you prepared or what can you do when we don't know what he's going to do but something is going to change it's going to be big it's going to be gigantic it could be the start of the next depression or it could be the biggest boom in world history but ladies and gentlemen this is not going to be your same united states president he is going to shake it up any comments kim well, I'm excited about the shakeup. <laughs> I don't know which way it's going. I just, you know, it just blows me away. We have all these, you know, half a million women marching all over the world and protesting this and that. And uh, a lot of these women don't even know what they're protesting. Uh, and I, I'm speaking as a woman, a lot of most of these women do not represent me. I just want to say that because they've gotten very petty. They're talking about words that Trump said versus we've got a real problem here. We've got a world in turmoil. We have a nation in turmoil and they're concerned about a few words or a few tweets. And come on, women, grow up. Let's let's move forward. Let's move on. That's and, what I want to say. And as a man, I want to say what he says about women is disgusting and horrible and all that. But not that we've never heard it before. So it is really time to grow up. And I think most of that, like he now has a, a new word. He, I don't know if he created it, but it's called alternative facts. <laughs> I think the media created that. <laughs> alternative facts. What does that mean? In the, what, what they we're talking about, he said he had the biggest march, he had the biggest inauguration ever and all that. But I think Obama kicked his butt in that one. <laughs> but yeah, Trump says he is the biggest, the greatest. More people showed up for his inauguration than anybody else. So I guess the press calls it alternative facts. <laughs> and we have that old word now, but it's been replaced by alternative facts. It's called fake news. You know, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, what the heck is real? So today's program is very important for you to listen to. And I but, do want to say one other thing about the media, because this is a little bit about my, this is a little hot button for me, is that well, as I'm watching the news and I'm watching these protests and I'm watching at what happened at the inauguration, the media did not seek out people who voted for Trump. They only talked to people who did not vote for Trump. And the media is very skewed, and I'm really disappointed in how it's gone because there's so much fear out there, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that. This woman says, oh, he's going to reverse road versus way. And, you know, how do you – who knows? <laughs> who knows? Let's let, let's let the gentleman lead. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to be talking about road versus Wade or <laughs> alternative facts and who had the bigger crowd. Obama or or Trump. Well, this is not fake news. We're going to be talking about the future. You know, what can you expect? And what might you want to be prepared for? Because as the Beatles says, they're going to shake it up, baby. You're going to have to start working it out. And nothing is going to be the same. And this guy is going to create not just waves. He's going to create tsunamis. So that's why today's program the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money is just for you. The Rich Dad family, the people that need to hunker down together and kind of figure out what each of us are going to do individually or as a group. 
Our special guest today is an old-time rich dad friend of the family. It's Richard Duncan. He is an author, economist. He's the author of The Dollar Crisis, which came out in 2003, The Corruption of Capitalism, 2011, and The New Depression, The Breakdown of the Paper Money Economy. So all you gold bugs out there and all you guys out there, this is your boy. He's going to tell you what's happening. The most important thing about Richard is he, he is an American, went to very great, great schools, Vanderbilt and Babson. But he lit, he's an economist. He's worked for the IMF as well as the World Bank. So this guy is no lightweight. And one other thing, you know, his book, The New Depression, The Breakdown of the Paper Money Economy. He wrote this in 2012. It's now 2017, and that's happening. They're, they're, they're getting rid of paper money everywhere. So it would be an interesting thing to ask him about. So Richard Duncan now lives in Thailand, one of my favorite countries, great people, great food, and lives in a remote village out there. So given all of his academic and professional experience with IMF, as well as the World Bank, he has a bird's eye view on the world from Thailand into America. And he has his very strong points of views and his concerns about Donald J. Trump. So welcome to the program, Richard. Robert, Ken, thank you. It's great to be back. Thank yeah. you for having me on the program great, again. Great to have you here, Richard. So, so let me ask this question. Um, are you concerned about what Trump is doing? Well, of course, we don't know for sure what he will actually do. But if we judge by his campaign promises, then I believe that we have a real cause for concern, at least as far as the economy and the stock market goes. I mean, in fact, what he's proposed is absolutely a recipe for disaster that could result in a catastrophic loss of wealth and a new depression. And, and what, what specifically is, but, is he but, proposing? But you've been saying this for years, Richard. What's the, what's the news here? <laughs> well, last time you accused me of being wildly optimistic. <laughs> 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 well, so everything is different now, Robert. Uh, what he is proposing to do, President Trump, he is proposing to cut taxes, increase the government spending on infrastructure and the military, I so thought you were. I, th I thought you were much larger. I thought you were for that. I thought we before you said the government needs to spend more money. It's what they spend the money on, and I thought it was about spending it on infrastructure and and no, te technology. Was, was research is, is that not correct? Richard said research, cancer research, and things like that. Things that make well, us there's healthier. A third element that made it affordable or made it possible in the past. And that was the U.S. Ha has a very large trade deficit with other countries. And, and, that, and because of that trade deficit, that sends dollars overseas, and then they get these dollars and they reinvest them in U.S. government bonds. So it, it finances the large government spending, the budget deficits. But that's the third element of the recipe of disaster. He's talking about eliminating the U.S. trade deficit. So there will be much lower capital inflows into the United States. When he says eliminate the trade deficit, what can you explain that more simply? Well, yes. Yes. So just let's take China for an example. Every day the United States buys $1 billion worth of goods more from China than China buys from the United States. So that's $365 billion a year. That's the trade deficit. Now, Trump intends to eliminate that, he, he tells us. So that will cause China's economy to collapse, and it's not at all certain how China would respond. It, I fear it might be something like 1941, when the United States imposed oil embargoes on Japan, 
they responded a few months later with Pearl Harbor. So are, are, you, so saying, are you saying he might lead us into, Trump might lead us into war? I certainly hope not. Uh, I, as you mentioned, I live in Thailand, and it wouldn't take the Chinese very long to get there. Thailand would be a footstep. There wouldn't even be a war. There's a step on you. Yes. Who knows what would happen if China's economy goes into a Great Depression? So as the Chinese Communist Party might lose control. There could, the country could break apart. There could be starvation in the cities and the countryside. And the starving Chinese might invade northern Thailand no matter what the Chinese government really wanted or not. And then how would President Trump respond to that? Well, I don't think he would care personally because he, he'd Maybe be, not. He, you know, I, I, he is going to talk about disruptors. He is going to disrupt it. Would you say that's true? If our allies come to believe that he doesn't care, then they'll have to make different deals. And China will essentially occupy that entire sphere of influence so, to our law. So, Richard, I mean, you, you live in Thailand, so you, you see what's happening in Thailand. You see what's happening in China. What, what has been their response? What, what's been the whole buildup to Trump getting elected or possibly being elected? I think it's been great disbelief. And now shock and uh, trepidation and great concern. Who knows what's going to happen next? So do you talk to, uh, you know, Thais in Thailand with their opinion of Trump? Yes, yes. Uh, I would, you know, I think different people in Thailand, just like in the United States, have different opinions about him. It's not uniform. So what in general, people are just amazed that he, uh, a man like Trump would be elected the highest office of the United States. Do you think uh, Trump and Putin are getting cozy? I, ha you know, I have no way of knowing. But um, you know, if the power people, the old elite in Washington, if they know, they're certainly going to be telling us in the next few weeks. And and, and see, there's a lot of destabilization out there. Putin is destabilized. The Middle East is destabilized, and they have the European Union is destabilized. So, what is your opinion on the European Union? You take the Middle East. Syria has always been Russia's, within Russia's sphere of influence. Uh, it was really our side that played a big, big role in supporting the Syrian rebels that were trying to overthrow Putin's ally in Syria. And similarly, I have to, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that Ukraine was also always part of Russia's sphere of influence. In fact, Kiev was where the Moscow, where the Russian civilization was born. So we, as NATO, have essentially taken that away from Russia, and all they managed to hang on to was the Crimea, which is their only access to the saltwater oceans. So it hasn't just been a story of one-sided aggression, them being the aggressors and us the passive um, bystanders. Far from it. Okay, so we're, what we're talking about, so Trump is going to shake it up. You know, and when we come back, I'll be talking to you about what would be the worst things he could do. From your point of view as a classically trained economist from Vanderbilt as well as Babson, working for the IMF and the World Bank, and sitting offshore in Thailand observing what's going on through the world via America, this guy Trump, you have this whole thing about NAFTA, the wall, TPP, and it, he is really shaking it up. He also wants to let take, take, take NATO out. 
I mean, what else can this guy do? So let, well, let me let me say this too: is it's not just Trump that's shaking it up. I mean, Brexit. People all over the world are, especially Europe, they're they're fed up. They're fed up in the U.S. And so it, it seems to be it. Trump is a big part of it, and there's there is a worldwide sentiment that's happening that we really need to talk about as well. There's a lot of anger and distrust in the world today. It was years ago when, in 2003, I was cruising through um, the now now extinct Borders bookstore, and I this book, The Dollar Crisis, fell out, and I read that book, and I said, God, this guy Richard Duncan's really intelligent. You know, anybody who agrees with me and is intelligent, and what Richard has been talking about for years is the real problem, not not the only problem, but one of the real problems is the U.S. dollar is no longer money. It's a currency. It's something that can be printed and manipulated. And now you see what's happened to the world. You've had economic classes. Savers are losing their butts right now. So I reached out. I said, savers are losers. I said, your house is not an asset and all this. So Richard Duncan is a kindred soul for the rich dad family. And he's talking about what what the new president, Donald J. Trump, who's a friend of Rich Dad also, what some of his actions may do to shake up the world economy. Kim? Well, I just want to um, make a special offer to our listeners because Richard has very um, generously offered. He's got a great, great newsletter called Macro Watch Video. It's a newsletter, and he's offering it to all Rich Dad listeners for 50% off. So go to RichardDuncanEconomics.com and type in Rich Dad, and uh, you'll get access to a lot of uh, Richard's expertise and insights on what's happening in the world economically. Yeah, the beauty of what uh, Richard Duncan puts out there is he's not talking in words because many times like econ- economists use words we, you and I don't understand. But he puts it in pictures, and when you see the pictures of this going up and that coming down and what might happen if this happens – Richard's um, website, his blog, could save you your life and your family yeah. and your fortune. So, Richard, getting back to our friend Donald J. Trump and you being an American sitting out in Thailand, what are your concerns or the missteps that Trump might make when he shakes this whole place up? From an economic point of view, my biggest concern is that his policies on the economy are going to result in a big jump in inflation. Now, you know... The theme that has run through all of my books is that the U.S. trade deficit has been destabilizing the global economy, sending American jobs overseas, and pushing downward pressure on U.S. wages. So I agree that that's a big problem, and, and Donald Trump has said he's going to eliminate that trade deficit. But one of the big benefits of this trade deficit has been it has pushed down weight. It has pushed down prices in America. It's made inflation go lower and lower. As the United States buys more and more things from countries with very cheap labor, that's caused the price of everything in Walmart to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And so inflation has been going lower and lower since 1980. And the lower inflation has allowed interest rates to come down steadily since 1980. So, for example, Richard, I notice a lot of vegetables that we get here in Arizona come from Mexico. So if Trump – what you're saying is if Trump tax puts a 45 Forty-five percent tax on that food. Our food prices are going to skyrocket. That's right. If, if President Trump imposes large trade tariffs on China or Mexico or anyone else, that the U.S. buys a half a trillion dollars of goods from China every year. So if Trump puts a forty-five percent trade tariff on that, then the price of all those goods go up by forty-five percent, and the inflation rate then spikes perhaps back up into the double digits. 
and interest rates, therefore, also go up into the double digits. And if interest rates were to go so high, then that would cause home prices to crash, the stock market to crash, people could no longer afford to buy things on their credit card, so consumption would crash. The entire economy could spiral down into a new depression. Well, don't so you think? A big, don't you think his advisors know that? And what he's doing is a lot of bluster. I mean, he's just rattling the rattling the uh, the saber, the rattling the sword. Did you watch the inaugural speech? Uh, yeah. It seemed that he means to do it. I don't know. We will see. He said he's going to eliminate the trade deficit. So he might. And it's going he, to be America first. He also promised to wipe out ISIS, which would be another hat, you know, rabbit in the hat trick. Well, and, and, you know, it's complicated. It's just it's complicated. Um, but I, I do know, for example, he has signed executive orders around NAFTA, NAFTA and around Obamacare. But I, I same question I have, Robert, is he, he has to have some good advisors that are not going to take us down a road of destruction. Correct, Richard? Well, that means he's, it means he's going to have to make a U-turn fast then because his proposed policies, all of them, are a complete recipe for economic disaster. So, uh, Cutting taxes on the wealthy, increased spending, and eliminating the trade deficit is a recipe for economic collapse. What about, what about uh, allowing companies like Apple to bring their money back on shore at 15%? Lowering, the, lowering the, the tax rate. I think they should make the corporations pay the full tax rate just like everybody else has to. But then they won't bring it back. Well, we should change the law and force them to bring it back or stop them from selling phones in this country. Wow, you're you're as tough as Trump. Here. <laughs> That's a tough stance. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you, what are, what are your concerns about NAFTA and what do you think is going on in Mexico right now and then Canada? So, NAFTA, you know, and, uh, with my work and Macro Watch, I focus on the most important things. You know, the U.S. economy is the largest. China's economy is the second largest, and we've got <laughs> Europe. So, Mexico is kind of far down my list of concerns. I mean, President Trump is a very big problem for Mexico, but Mexico is not an enormous problem for the world. If their economy goes back into recession or if they have another currency crisis, it's not going to drag down the global economy. Whereas if China's economy has a depression, then it is going to drag down the entire global economy and with potentially very destabilizing geopolitical consequences. So do you think what Trump Trump could push China into a recession, depression? Trump's policies, if he eliminates the trade deficit the U.S. has with China, um, it's China's economy is already verging on crisis. This would certainly push it over the edge, and if fully implemented, would probably cause a very severe depression in China. And so if China went into depression, what would happen to Europe, America, and South America, and things like that? Well, so... If China can no longer sell as much to the United States, then China will be poor. So it will buy fewer things from all of its trading partners, like Australia and South Brazil, America. everyone in the world. And so when China buys less, then the commodity prices will all fall sharply, the price of metals and the price of agricultural products. So all the countries that produce commodities, agricultural products or metals, their economies will also go into severe recession, and their currencies will drop. And then they will have a debt crisis like they had in the early 1980s, uh, the third world debt crisis of the 1980s. And then we'll find out that the U.S. banks have a lot of exposure to these countries as well, and that, that will likely set off a new 
financial sector systemic crisis in the U.S. and globally. So, Richard, if you were part of President Trump's cabinet and he were his advisor, what would you advise him? All right. I I have made a video called President Trump, You Can Make America's Economy Great Again. Here's how. It's a macro watch video explaining exactly what I would do. And what I would do is I would leave the trade deficit alone uh, because that trade, the U.S. trade deficit, throws dollars off into the global economy. They're, they're accumulated by central banks and other countries, and then they reinvest those dollars right back into the United States. And that helps fund our large budget deficits. And, that, and, it, and the imports from these countries also hold down the inflation rate. And the low inflation rate keeps the stock market high and keeps the property market high. So don't touch the trade deficit. But instead, and also instead of cutting taxes on the corporations and the wealthiest Americans, don't do that either, because that will just make the budget deficit much larger. What you should do, Trump is absolutely right in saying he wants to rebuild America's infrastructure. That's exactly the thing to do, rebuild the infrastructure. But don't stop there. We can also invest in new industries and new technologies on an extremely large scale, so long as we don't have inflation. Invest in genetic engineering, biotech, nanotech, green energies. And with this investment on such a large scale by the government, we could induce a new technological revolution that would prevent us from collapsing into the Depression, that would give the United States an unassailable lead in 21st industries and technologies and lock in another American century, all without having inflation. Once again, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. Our guest today is old family friend Richard Duncan. He's author and economist. He's an American who lives in Thailand. He's also author of The New Depression, The Breakdown of the Paper Money Economy. Two is The Corruption of Capitalism and The Dollar Crisis. His website is richardduncaneconomics.com. And what we're talking about today is are what are Richard's concerns and fears about President Donald J. Trump shaking it up. So are you saying that Trump may inadvertently trigger a collapse or a landslide or ripple effect that he may not be aware of? Yes, uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. He has good intentions in terms of protecting American workers and boosting American wages and bringing the jobs back to this country. But the consequences of how he has proposed to do that could be catastrophic for everyone's portfolio and, and for the economy more generally. And in fact, if, if this sort of depression actually hits, then this catastrophic loss of wealth would just be the beginning of our problems because our political institutions could probably not withstand such a shock. When we come back, we'll be talking about what Richard foresees because, like I say, he's a classically trained economist from Vanderbilt and Babson. He's worked for the IMF and the World Bank. He sees the world from definitely a macro point of view. Please subscribe to his Macro Watch videos, newsletter series, and it's a 50% discount to all of you. It's priceless, no matter at any price. But all you have to do is go to richardduncaneconomics.com and type in Rich Debt. Listen to this program again, and you will learn even more, and then share it with friends, families, or business partners, associates, and discuss it. You know, discuss that rather than, you know, how many, what, what is Trump tweeting? So there's better things you can discuss, because today's radio program for Rich Dad Radio is about what can you do when Trump starts shaking and moving and rolling this whole roll economy count down, because as we've been saying at the Rich Dad Radio Show for years now, 
is the next 20 years will not be like the past 20 years. We're going to go into huge changes. The question is, what can you do? Our guest today is Richard Duncan, friend of the family for years, author, economist. His books are The New Depression, The Breakdown of the Paper Money Economy, The Corruption of Capitalism, and The Dollar Crisis. And The Breakdown of the Paper Money Economy, for those who listen to Rich Dad Program, most of our guests are saying exactly that. The paper dollar economy, paper money economy is on the rocks right now. So those of you hanging on to your savings and all that, it might be not the smartest thing to do. And Richard's website is Richard Duncan Economics, and his special offer is 50% off the MacroWatch video newsletter for all Rich Dad listeners. And the reason Richard does that is too many times in economics you can't see the picture. So by doing a video blog, you can actually see the pictures of things going up and things going down. So I just want to say we're, we're not, we don't endorse any products on our program, but we just bring you offers from our special guests and speakers. So I do have a question, Richard. Um, Trump promised to bring back blue-collar jobs. And at the break, you had a very interesting take on how that is related to NAFTA. And I don't think a lot of people understand the consequences of NAFTA. So could you explain that? Yes. So I believe that Hillary Clinton lost this election in 1994 when Bill Clinton signed NAFTA into law. Because at that point, the Democrat Party betrayed the American working class. Uh, and that's why wages have been falling ever since. How, how, did they, downward pressure. how did they betray? Well, by signing this free trade agreement with Mexico, where the wages were probably 80 percent lower than in the United States, the factories moved to Mexico. And Canada. And, and, Canada. Used, and Canada. But that wasn't such a problem because wages are quite high in Canada. But it was a real problem with Mexico. And later, also, Clinton, Bill Clinton uh, allowed... China to enter the World Trade Organization and had increasing free trade with China. So that was even worse because wages there were far lower. So I think the Democrats really betrayed the working class followers. And that's why people in Michigan and Ohio voted for Donald Trump who said he would protect them. So you're saying NAFTA was responsible, signing of NAFTA was responsible for a lot of job loss and jobs going overseas. And downward pressure on American wages. Absolutely. And the World World Trade Organization with China. He also signed Glass-Steagall, right? Took that off the books? That's right. He also uh, deregulized the banking industry, repealed what was left of Glass-Steagall, and deregulated the deriv- derivatives industry. So that allowed the financial interest to run out of control. And all of this led to a credit bubble and also a great increase in income inequality. So the, As the majority of Americans... Wages went lower. The elite in the financial sector in particular and the heads of the corporations, their wages skyrocketed. So I think your point about NAFTA is really fascinating because Trump talks about, you know, getting rid of NAFTA and the the common person goes, oh, no, no, that's, you know, that's going to cause war. It has nothing to do with it. I think they're, they really do not understand this point at all. Well, I think that's, yes, well, I think that's really important. It has been free trade that has resulted in the loss of so many factory jobs in America and the downward pressure on wages. So what, so what I, is so, I, so the so the Clintons caused the loss of American jobs so they didn't get elected. It was nothing to do with the Russian hack then. Okay. 
we understand that now. So uh, what is TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership and all that? Why is Trump against that? Well, from what I understand, and there, this, this was – what it was is quite closely guarded secret in terms of exactly what the details were. But the idea was it was going to be a free trade block that did not include China. Right. They were so going the United, after China. That's, that's right. So it was to try to have a free trade without necessarily including China in the free trade zone. So, and now that's dead. So why, why would Trump be against it? I think he was, it was just an easy thing to – an easy talking point. More free trade, I'm against it. Okay. And then Brexit, what's that, what's that impact? Well, Brexit, I think, is something like the election of Trump himself. It was a protest vote against the, uh, by the working classes against globalization. And with an added element there, in particular, they were very concerned about the wave of immigrants coming into right. the, the Euro area or the uh, European it's, Union. So it's the same as Trump. Another question is you have the, uh, you know, the Deutsche Bank is in serious trouble, and that's the EU with Germany, right? Yes. I mean, Deutsche Bank was God when I was raising funds. Now they're weak. Well, that's something that Deutsche Bank has in common with all the American banks, which essentially all failed in 2008. So Deutsche Bank, I'm sure, will be bailed out by their government, just as all of our major banks were bailed out by our government. And so what do you think of these little places, you know, like Puerto Rico, right off our shore, going bankrupt? What does that mean to the American or the world? Does it mean anything? It doesn't mean anything. In terms, you know, the global scheme of things is completely irrelevant. So, so unless what, if, unless you live in Puerto Rico, unless you live there, yeah. So <laughs> that's right. Then it's very important. That's like Thailand doesn't mean anything unless China comes and stomps on you guys. <laughs> so, that's true. But Thailand is far, far bigger than Puerto Rico. <laughs> but you're closer to China. <laughs> that's right. So, going back to Europe for just a moment, it, it, do you think Europe is on the brink of a collapse? Do you think the euro is going to fold? What What do you see happening there? I've always thought that the euro would hold together, um, and I still believe that it will. You know, the the head of the European Central Bank, Draghi, has vowed to do whatever it takes to hold it together, and so far he has. But I have to admit that after Brexit and the election of Trump, uh, anything is increasingly possible. So I'm beginning to believe that the chance, the possibility of it, the euro collapsing is increasing, but I still don't think it will. I know, I, know, I know it's a long shot, but if Marine Le Pen takes over France, France. It's, it's toast. You know, it's gone. Marie Le Pen is like the, like the Donald Trump of France, isn't that correct? And she's getting a lot of support. That's right. Uh, that's right. And they of course, France has a, a very large Muslim population, in part because they used to have a lot of is, uh, colonies in the Arab world. And so the number of uh, Islamic people living in France is, is high and growing. And the people there are very, uh, many of the people there, many of Le Pen's supporters, all of them are concerned about that. Right. So let me ask you this question. What do you think the chances are, let's say, in a uh, number of 1 to 10, that Trump does something, he does shake it up, and we do go into the uh, the new depression, as you talk about. What are the odds on that? Uh, that's a tough question. You know, I'm very risk adverse. So even 
if there's, you know, you said a scale of one to ten. Well, ten being the me, worst. Even if it's a one, that's ten percent. I would say that's far too high already. That's 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 a, that's already a, extremely alarming to me. Even a one is alarming to me that his policies could create a new depression and uh, global chaos. Once again, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And our guest today is Richard Duncan. He's an economist. He is classically trained from Babson as well as Vanderbilt. He's worked with the IMF and the World Bank. And today we're talking about, and he lives in Thailand. We've been talking about this on the Rich Dad Radio program for years now. And now that Trump comes in, he's shaking it up. So we're asking Richard to, to, you know, to encapsulate what's happened is concerned, but now I want to get into what we can do, right, Kim? Yes. What can we do? And what you know? What should we be looking? What should we be? What should we be paying attention to, Richard? And what can we do? What we can do, I think most of your listeners, what they can do, if they have money to invest. Personally, in my opinion, this, the best investment for the average American is to buy a house on an acre of land and to rent it out. You can borrow money at still extraordinarily low interest rates, and you can lock them in forever at those low interest rates until your rental income completely pays off your house. So you've got this acre of land with a house on top of it. The, the, The land is like gold, except gold that you can grow food on and eat. And with a house that generates rental income and cash flow month after month after month. You sound like a prepper so, to me. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I'm not going that far. I mean, a house with a rental property on an acre of land is not moving into the backwoods. Well, you've got to make but, sure that the renter has a job. I mean, that's the biggest thing, which why Richard always talks about financial education. And, you know, buying a house and putting a renter in is a recipe for disaster. So be careful if you do that, okay? So well, that's right. I mean, you have to you have you you have to put down a large enough deposit so that you can do without the current level of rental income and ride out any kind of storm. Right. So that's certainly true. You, you don't but want to do if that. If there's inflation, if there is high rates of inflation, then what we will see is interest rates will go up sharply and mortgage rates will go up sharply, and you won't have this opportunity to buy homes at, at such extremely low interest rates as we have at the moment. I agree. I cannot believe how low interest rates are. Uh, one of the favorite questions, what about gold? If you have high inflation, how does that impact gold? Yes, so if we start to get higher rates of inflation, then gold prices should move higher. But then what happens next is it depends on how the Fed responds to the high rates of inflation. Paul Volcker in, the, in the 1980 and 81, he increased the interest rates to 15% so high that it crushed the economy, drove up unemployment to 10%, and that caused inflation to drop very sharply, and that caused gold to drop very, very sharply. So yes, the initial response to higher inflation will be higher gold prices, but then we have to watch what the Federal Reserve does, the central bank. If they start hiking interest rates, they can kill the inflation and kill gold prices. You know, the Rich Dad Radio Program for years said savers were losers, but at this time, Cash might be king. Is that is that your? Because I don't like cash at zero interest rates, so I'll, I'll, I'm and always it, keeping my money moving. But cash might be the best thing, right? Right now, unless we do start to have much higher interest rates, and then if you have all of your money in a bank account, if we have ten percent in, uh, inflation, 
then next year your money will buy 10% less than it did this year. So that would be very bad. Ah, okay. That's how you see it. All right. Any final words, Richard, before, you know, before, you know, people are on suicide watch right now. So anyway, what would you say to them? (laughs) Yes, I have a teaser. You know, as you mentioned, every two weeks I write a blog for Rich Dad. It's posted on your website. I'll tell you what I'm going to write about next week. Last week, I met Alan Greenspan. No! Really? I asked him a a very important question that I think is, and his answer, I believe, is history-making. So if you uh, please read the blog, it oh, will be coming out. Oh, come on. you uh, got to tell us. you got to give nope. us. Give us a little bit. Nope. you got to give us a little nope. bit. I just threw his book away. I was so disgusted with it. <laughs> There's a really excellent book about him, a biography that just came out by a man called Malady. It's called The Man Who Knew. So what kind of person? He's a, he's a gentleman, but is he a lying, lying as usual or what? <laughs> he's 90 years old. And, but his mind is still very sharp, so sharp that it's difficult to tell whether he – I think he, he's famous for once saying that if you believe that you understood what I just said, then you probably didn't hear me correctly. That's right. <laughs> Fed speak. Fed so, speak. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's hard to know exactly his meaning. Okay, so you're gonna we're gonna have to go to Rich Dad and go to your blog to find out what your discussion was. Nice tease, nice yeah, tease. That was a good there. tease. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, please do. And now we're going to the most popular part of our program. It's called Ask Roberts, where you get to submit your questions at richdadradio.com. So I want to thank our special guest, Richard Duncan, friend of the Rich Dad family. So. Melissa, what's the first question, please? Our first question today comes from Michelle in Liverpool, favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, Robert, please give us a little more guidance for the average person on what specifically to educate ourselves on. What would be the top three things to learn about right now to best prepare? I don't need to educate myself on the crash. I've done that. I want education on what to do. Well, I think that's one of the problems is people want to know what to do rather than who to be, what you have to become. So the reason I say that is this. If I wanted to be a pilot, I'd have to study to become a pilot. So what you have to decide is who do you want to become? Do you want to be a rich person or just a survivor? That's the big decision. If you're going to be rich and successful during the coming crash, and it is coming, your dedication to study, learning, and changing friends and family will go up. But if you just want some tips, tell me what to do, then, you know, just buy some gold. So a lot has to do with who you want to be. So Kim and I, years ago, we celebrated over 30 years of marriage now. We wanted to become rich people. And what that meant is we don't care which way the economy is going up or down because we're paying attention. We subscribe to Richard Duncan. We read. We study together. We have our advisors. And we're constantly got our ears to the ground. You know, Trump is our friend and all this stuff. So we're constantly listening, but we're not waiting for somebody to tell us what to do. Yeah, and, and this is one of the reasons why we have people like Richard Duncan on. He has a, an, a very 
a very strong point of view. He's got a theory that's different from a lot of other people, so we listen to him. I would say this to Michelle, too. It sounds like she's in paralysis. It sounds like she scared herself to death. Or overload. There's yes. so much to There's learn. There's so much information. But I would say just start, take action, do something. Take small steps, Robert. You talked about gold, silver. Go do something. Get in the game and just start because the action is where a lot of the learning is going to happen, too. And I would suggest you get Ken McElroy's book. He's a rich dad advisor. It's the ABCs of real estate. Just understand why Kim and I have almost 95% of our money in real estate, exactly as Richard says. We're not in the stock market. Now, we are in the stock market through options, but that's not stocks. So I would get rich dad advisor Andy Tanner's book, Stock Market Cash Flow. These are different points of view than what you'll see the old garbage of you know, get a job, save money, invest for the long term, and buy, hold, and pray. That's suicide today. Go to school, get a job, work hard, save money, get out of debt. That's suicide. And we also at richdad.com, we actually have programs on how to start a business, how to get started in business on a part-time basis, on a full-time basis. With the Internet right now, there's so many ways that you can start a small business. So there's a lot of options. But, again, I'm going to say you got to get in the game and get started. Just take small steps. Well, most people just want tips. They do. You know, they don't want a cure because cures takes... are painful. <laughs> they just want a little pain relief. They want to take a couple of aspirins and tell me when it's over. And then so they're going to be at the mercy of what happens. Well, that's their choice. It's called be, do, have. Who do you have to be? You know, like right now, who Kim and I are in the Rich Tech Company, everybody in our company is preparing for the crash. So we're going to be prepared. You know, we're not saying, oh, tell me what to do. We're prepared. Very big difference. This crash is coming, sports fans, one way or the other. In fact, it's already crashed. Look at interest rates. Look at what's happened Negative to interest rates. Oil. Look at what's happening. So anyway, thanks for the question, but you have to decide who do you want to be. Do you want to be a rich person or do you want to be somebody who's just been told what to do? You know, buy this stock. It's a hot tip. 99% of the people are there, and some people really do well in that area. Okay, next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Anita in Clearwater, Florida. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What is the most important change I can make in 2017 to achieve financial freedom? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh, Talk same, about a tip. <laughs> a yeah, but no, tip. but that's, that's what I'm saying. See, most people are in pain. You know, they have, they have financial cancer somewhere. And they want to know that if they take this pill, everything will be okay. So I can't help you there. You have to decide. It's be, do, have. Who do you have to be to be able to do to have what you want? What do you have to be to do what you want to do, need to do, to have what you want? Most people, because they went to school, like all school teachers, tell me what to do. Give me the right answer. And you get an answer from somebody who has no idea what they're talking about, especially when it comes to money. So pay attention to who you're taking advice from. You want to the easy route, Susie Orman's your girl. You know, just save money and invest for the long term and get out of debt. The other guy is Dave Ramsey. Great, that's great advice. You know, get become debt free. That's great advice. It's not for me though. You know, I love debt, and I don't pay taxes. That's the Trump advice. You have to decide who you want to be today. You want to just be average. Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, great teachers. 
And Anita also asked, what's the most important change I can make? Well, we don't know who you are, Anita, so we can't answer that question. But we do have a saying here at Rich Dad, for things to change first, I must change. So we don't know what your situation is. And there's not, in my opinion, one thing that's going to lead you yeah. to financial freedom. It's, it took us years to get to financial you freedom. You want the magic pill. Yeah. And that's 99% of the people. So just, you see, most people are searching for their dreams because they're running from the hell they live in. Oh, I want my dreams to come true. Well, the fact is they're in hell. That's why they want their dreams. They can't, but you got to handle hell first before you, you get your dreams. got to face reality. Find out where yeah. you're at. Where are you at and then where do you want to be and go from there. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just giving you some reality. You have choices out there. One of the most important questions, things I always ask, who are your friends? Are they all losers? Are they all negative people? Are they all broke? Are they all just sucking, you know, brewskis down at the uh, bar and watching football or soccer or the sport, you know, sports. If those are your friends, that's your problem. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Jordy in BC, Canada. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Says your prediction for 2016 stock market bubble burst. What do you see as reasons that that has been postponed? And do you still believe in a relatively similar outcome in a two to five year future? The answer is yes. The, the crash is still coming. And that's why we've had guys like Mohammed El Aryan on and Stockman and now Duncan. They're all saying the same thing. And these guys are highly educated guys. But I made that prediction about 2016 back in 1999. And I based that prediction based upon a very solid piece of work called demographics. In other words, the biggest boom was caused by the baby boomers. The baby boomers will also call the biggest bust. So that's what I made it on. The reason the market didn't crash was I didn't anticipate how far people like Greenspan or Bernanke would go to keep the stock market propped up at all costs. And that's why Richard Duncan said it was really, really interesting that the guy that actually caused most of the problems was Clinton. He repealed the Glass-Steagall Act. Glass-Steagall Act, you know, up until the Glass-Steagall Act, which was created during the last depression, you were not allowed to invest savers' money. What happened when Clinton took away the Glass-Steagall Act, all banks became casinos. They could bet, and the and Bernanke and Greenspan would bail them out if they lost. The other one was derivative trading expanded under Clinton. And then NAFTA was signed by Clinton. NAFTA, was that was eye-opening to me when Richard talked about NAFTA because NAFTA is the free trade agreement. So we all think it's all about free trade. And he's like, no, that's why all the jobs, so many blue-collar jobs went overseas. People don't realize that, that the people, the American people were actually betrayed by NAFTA. So when Trump talks about getting rid of it, there might be some validity there. So that's why the people in who are working class voted for Trump, not Hillary. 